Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach your goals. Today, we are going to be talking specifically towards our stay-at-home moms. If you are a female listener, this show is going to be for you. Guys, I'm sure you will get something as well. I am joined by the one, the only, Lauren Golden. So we actually met in a pool. I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to throw myself under the bus. We were in a pool in Mexico and I don't remember what it was, but I was walking past and I like yelled out something that was inappropriate, not rude, but I was just like, Hey, maybe you should wear a hat or something. I don't remember what it was. And then you looked at me and laughed and I was like, Oh man. And then we ended up talking. So I don't know. <laughs> it was embarrassing for me. Good times. <laughs> um, Lauren is just so you guys know who Lauren is. If you've never met her, if you don't know anything about her, Lauren runs the free mama movement. Um, she's best-selling author of the book, the free mama, how to work from home, control your schedule and make more money. How many people are in your program? I don't want to give away the number because I might get it wrong. Like how many people have you helped? Oh. How many women? Well, you know, we can talk about this on terms of how people measure these things. There's over 40,000 people in our Facebook group. I've had over 100,000 people on my email list, but in our programs, we've helped over 7,200 women start their virtual business from home. Okay. So you guys just got to hear first and foremost, Lauren is a no BS kind of person. Um, we were talking kind of before the show, like, how do you measure these things? You hear the guru math all the time. Millions of people serve. God, 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 God. All of that is kind of like. Not true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Inflated. It's a version of the truth. It's true. the version that's like the most self-serving. Like I could have said over a hundred thousand people and it wouldn't have been maybe a lie, but there's no context behind it. Right. Correct. And that's, I mean, I absolutely love that. The people that you have helped, you're known for helping people in a very, very real way. And you're known to be like, this is who you get. Like you were like, maybe I should have changed out of my yoga shirt, but here you are and you look great. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Thank <So>, you. <laughs> all right. We, before we get too far off track, Lauren, like how does one go and start a movement like this? Like you're obviously very passionate about the people that you help. Can you take us back to where this started for you and how you got to where you are? right now. Yeah. It's interesting. I was actually on a call, you know, just like a coffee chat. Another entrepreneur introduced us, said you should be in the same world. And she is a young mom. She just had her second kiddo within, I think the last year, my kids now are six to 11. So, you know, these phases of early parenthood, they go by very quickly. And we were talking and I was telling her that sometimes I'll see sort of big names online and they're just having kids for the first time. And there's a part of me that's like, gosh, they are so lucky. Like they've had all this time. You can like not sleep and like not worry about other people and all of this stuff. But then I'm reminded very quickly that I probably wouldn't be an entrepreneur without having become a mother first. So motherhood changed me. I always knew I wanted to be a mom. My dad was an entrepreneur. So I always had that influence of kind of controlling your time and kind of being the boss. That was definitely an early influence for me and something I aspired to, but I was pretty risk averse. Like I, I thrived in the box. I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't, they knew they were different. Maybe they didn't get good grades or they didn't like the structure. I thrived. 
I got straight A's. I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to the college, you know, I got the scholarships, I got the straight A's, I got the degree, I got the good job. And then somewhere in my mid twenties, I looked around and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, this is it. This is what my whole life I've been like doing the achieving for. And I'm left with a mediocre job with a toxic environment and, you know, debt and uh, like, you know, I wasn't miserable, but I certainly wasn't thriving. And I didn't feel like I had a life that was promised to me with all of that thriving inside of the box. I felt really stuck and frustrated, but I thrived in the box. So I was pretty risk averse. Like I wasn't a big risk taker. I knew I was smart. I knew I was capable, but I was scared, you know? And so for me, motherhood really changed any, everything. It was like that pull between now I felt like I was failing all the time because I felt like a failure at work. Cause I want to be with my kids. When I was with my kids, I felt like I wasn't performing as well at work. And by the time my second kiddo was born, it was like that something's got to change moment. That's when I started freelancing myself. And uh, interestingly, when I opened my first LLC, I called it the free mama. It was just me. I was doing social media management for like two years, but there was a little premonition. Like there was definitely something in the universe bigger at play and a whole lot of life happened in between and another baby. But ultimately about two years into my freelancing journey, I felt a calling and you may or may not resonate with that, but that is truly what happened. There was just this desire placed on my heart that was like, this wasn't about you. Like you had to go through all the ish because you're meant to teach other people how to do this. And the truth is I, I ignored it for months and months. I'm like, I could hear it, but I'm like, I, who am I? Like, I don't have some rags to riches story. Like there's nothing impressive about my life. Like I went to freaking private school. Like, you know, I felt like everybody inspired. I'd ever heard from had this crazy life transformation. My origin story is my miscarriage. My baby died and I quit my job. That was the biggest risk I had taken in my life. And it came from this place of loss. And a lot of women can resonate with that story. But for a long time, I thought, you know, I'm just not special. Like who would follow me? Who would listen to me? And, you know, there's other people already doing it. And I'm a big time millennial snowflake. So I thought I had to be special and different and like some shark tank idea. And frankly, I'm glad that in about mid 2017, I got over myself and it got to this point where it's like, I can't not do it. I don't even care if I fail. I don't care what everybody on social media that I know thinks about me. Like I can't not do it because that calling was so like just deep inside of me. It was like burning. So, so naturally I made a million dollars in a day and the rest is history. <laughs> I'm just big asterisks, big yeah. asterisks there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and then I got my two comma club award. Go on. Well, Next I do. Time. I want to hear like, I think, I think a lot of people can resonate. I know myself, like I, I was like working in my corporate job and I was like, I want to leave. I want to go do this thing. And like, it was an idea that was planted. Yeah. And like kind of burned for a little bit and then was like, how oh, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? And I went to Tony Robbins 2012 and was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. And it still took me like eight months, quit my job, failed miserably. Um, and it's like, what? So you had this burning for a while. I think a lot of people can resonate with this, especially like, I think there are a ton of moms out there. I, I have three sisters. And they would all say the same thing. Like we were promised this life. I went to school. I got good grades. I got married. I had kids and I woke up feeling like, why do I have debt? Why am I tired all the time? Why am I unhappy? I don't feel fulfilled. 
Like, I just want to spend more time with my family and I want to have a good life and I don't want all this mountain of debt. So talk to me about like, how is being a freelancer? How, like, let's talk about that. Cause I think a lot of people are like, I started my job. I remember I met somebody probably, I don't know, three years into my business. And they're like, oh, you just like up and quit your job and you have a business and it must be great. And it's like, it is, but it's also like the most challenging thing in the world. So how was being a freelancer when you first started? Like that switch for you? I mean, it was exciting when I first started because I was still at my job. <laughs> so I was safe. I was tired. I had more to complain about because now I've got a baby and a toddler and a side gig and my full-time job. Um, but I, you know... I had a lot of courage that I didn't really see in myself then, but I had more than I gave myself credit for. So even though I probably wouldn't have quit my job without having that miscarriage or we'll never know, you know, cause that was finally the thing that moved me into action. I did start the side gig and I was doing it. I just was doing it kind of like badly, but that's actually good because that's how I was able to go on and course correct and make my course and teach other people because we think we have to get it right from the beginning. But what we forget is that it's the things that we mess up. It's the mistakes we make. That's where we actually learn the stuff that can then help other people. So I don't know. I wasn't really hard on myself in that season. I just like, I didn't charge enough, you know, like I was basically working for free. I wasn't, but I basically was, but I had a lot of courage. Like I was telling people what I was doing. And now that I've worked with so many hundreds and thousands of women, that's actually really brave. That's a hard step for me to get a lot of people to. And I turned my employer into a, a, a client basically when I quit. Like I went in and in the same conversation that I quit, I handed her a three page proposal of all of the aspects of my job I thought I could do as a contractor and why it was also in her benefit to do that. That took a lot of courage. And I had mentors in my life. This is before I knew business coaching was even a thing. I had a mentor in my life at the time um, who always believed in me more than I believed in myself, which I would say is one of my secrets to success. I've worked with well, gosh, oh, I could even get emotional, like thinking back over my whole life, like even down to like my dance teacher growing up and like my mentor in college and this mentor, his name is Michael at this season in my life. when I quit to Liz Benny, who was my very first business coach. Like I've done a good job of aligning myself with people who believe in me more than I do until I can catch up, you know? And so he was that person that was like, you can do this. Like the worst she can say is no, you're already quitting. She can't fire you. But like that projected me into a really safe air quotes place financially when I quit because I had those things lined up. I was telling people what I was doing. I always say like, you can't build a business in secret. Now I know Allison Prince who sells e-commerce stuff might disagree because I think that's kind of her shtick is that you don't have to be the face, but if you're going to be a service provider, if you're a coach, a freelancer, you know, again, you're providing a service, like you have yeah. to talk to people, you know? And so I think getting out of our own way is, is a really great skill set that even though I didn't maybe identify it in myself early on, I really leveraged it, but I made every mistake. You know, I undercharged. I didn't, um, oh, a big one is our family relocated that first year after I quit because my husband accepted a job that moved our family to Texas. I found out I was pregnant literally in the time frame when, between when he said yes. And when we moved and when we moved, I only kept one of my freelancing clients. I lost everybody else because as a social media manager, I was really involved in their local businesses. I'd go get my own pictures, do all these things that when I moved, they're like, 
well, we don't see how this is going to work. We got to break up with you. And so when I actually got to Texas, I had to start all over. And if you haven't been to Houston in July, it's basically hell on earth. It's humid. It's hot. I was throwing up five times a day, pregnant. My husband's going off to a job. I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And I was basically starting from scratch. So like you find that grit, you find that resilience. Like it was hard. It was not glamorous. And I was pretty good at it, even though I was making those mistakes. And I think all those things, even as I was going through it, it really is what was setting me up for what was really to come, which was the free mama movement. Awesome. The, I mean, I agree. I think like having grit and determination and like, we always learn the most from our failures. We don't learn when things are easy. We learn when things are hard. I did something interesting you said in there that I want to call out. Um, You said, you know, like, women are scared for some reason to put themselves out there. They want to not be the face. They want to hide, which Alison Prince, to her point, like that's part of her sales proposal. Like that's, that's what makes, that's what she's selling, right? For you, it's like you found the strength to put yourself out there and be forward. Why do you think women struggle so much with that? And what's one thing that you would do to help them overcome it? Oh gosh, I don't know that we have enough time to unpack all this, but um, one reason, gosh, there's a lot. I can't name just one. Uh, one is perfectionism, you know, which isn't real. It's subjective. I still have incredibly high standards, but I have recovered from perfectionism. You know, perfectionism really is just afraid of what other, being afraid of what other people are going to say and think about us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I've done a lot of work over the last decade to move through that. And so I can identify it pretty quickly. I think that's one of the really big ones. But again, if we get to the fear, it's not even usually the failure. Like what if it's not good enough? Or what if I fail? It's usually a place where we're really afraid of making ourselves vulnerable to other people's opinion about that thing. And what I've really learned is that, and here's your tip. And again, this required a lot of work. This is, this didn't happen overnight, but you're, what I would say to that person is you have got to get to a place where you value your opinion of yourself greater than you value the opinion of other people. I spoke at an event this weekend and I don't, it wasn't part of my speech, but sometimes, you know, the spirit moves you and you just kind of say what you feel like needs to be said. And at one point during the speech, I literally told this group of women staring at me and I'm the one on stage. And I said, I do not care what any of you think about me. I don't care if you like me. I really don't. And it's taken me 37 years to feel that way. But the reason I can stand here and feel that is because I know who I am. And I like who I am. I'm a good person. I make mistakes. I'm an imperfect person. I'm flawed, but I'm self-aware. I'm growing. I do my best. I own my stuff. And I like me. So I don't need you to like me. But there was a version of me that really needed other people to like me and not just like me, but tell me I need I was craving that that validation externally. And I think as women, we've got to do the work that he and men. Sorry, men, you're really not excluded from this conversation, but it looks different. Right. But I think we've got to do that work where we can heal and really start to love ourselves and like ourselves. And because when we can give ourselves that validation, then we don't need it from other people. And then we won't be as afraid to take our gifts out into the world and the world's waiting for them. So it's really not fair. You're not doing a service to anybody, you know, when, when we, we place those expectations and that responsibility on, on people outside of ourselves. I think, I mean, that is an awesome, awesome point to share. And I will say for guys, it looks a little different, but there, every guy is, 
if, whether they want to admit it or not, they might hide it differently. They're doing things for people's approval, right? I mean, it's one of the biggest things that that men need to get over because true masculinity is saying like, I'm okay with who I am and I'm going to do this thing over here and I'm going to like, that's, you can come or not, but this is who I am. But so many guys, especially in today's world are constantly checking to see, do I have this person's approval? Do I have their approval? I want everybody to like me. And at the end of the day, like it's not a healthy, healthy place. The going, like your story about going in, not only quitting your job, but also handing her a proposal, her or him, a proposal for work. How did you, I know you said you had a business coach, but was there a story that you told yourself or a mental place that you went to, to be able, I'm just picturing like sitting at the desk, like being like, I have this proposal. Here's my resume, like my resignation letter. I'm going to go in like, what was going through your mind? Do you remember? Like, can you think through that? Oh, yeah. that's... I mean, it's probably uh, a tainted memory because, you know, that was eight years ago and I've changed so much, but here's how I remember it. And I actually didn't have a business coach. I didn't even know business coaching was a thing back when I did that. I had, that, I had a mentor. So it was just, you know, like a colleague that had helped me and just believed in me and all that kind of stuff. And so he did, we went to lunch and he gave me a big pep talk about how amazing I was, you know, he breathed some life into me and I'm talking like the day of, and I went in and I think I had like my either annual review or some quarter, like I had a scheduled meeting for something else. <laughs> like, I think it was, I think it was some type of employee review. And yes, I remember, you know, kind of sitting there and taking it for a little bit, but I'm sure she could kind of knew something was up. And I had this paper with multiple pages in my hand. And so at some point, you know, before it got too inappropriate and lengthy, I remember interrupting, but what I can look back now and my perspective on that situation and where I can go to today and where I think there's crunchy advice for everybody listening is I really didn't have anything to lose. And I think sometimes we're so afraid of something and we're not actually willing to talk about and look about look at like what that is and like play out that scenario. And I think there's actually a lot of power in doing that. So for me at that time, it's like, I was already quitting. Would it have sucked not to like guarantee that client and part of that, that income still for my family? Yeah, that would have been terrifying, but I had already resolved myself to quit. So the expectation needed to be like, that was actually the priority was like, I don't work here anymore. Like that conversation needed to happen because that's where I was at emotionally and, and ready to move forward in my life. But I really didn't have anything to lose. And so, you know, something I learned from Myron Golden many years later is like, whoever wants it more loses. And so I think to go in with that sense of control of like, I am quitting my job. And also I really do think I can still help you with these things. And here's why it's been fit for you. So making it about her, because like this, they didn't owe me anything. And I think sometimes we start a business and we think like, maybe that person owes us or like, don't they know how, no, I made it about her. Like, here's why this will help you transition and you can save money because you won't have to worry about benefits and all these other things. And you can replace me with a part-time person because I'm going to do the hard part of the job. You know, I made it about her, but also I had nothing to lose. And then, you know, like I was talking worst case scenario, like my worst case scenario is I quit and you're not my client. Wherever you're at, you probably have a fear 
And it's, it's in not exploring that fear that the fear really takes hold of you, if that makes sense. So like, if your worst case scenario is failing, well, what's failure? What does that look like to you? You know, if we go down, down, down the rabbit hole for a lot of people, it's like, well, then I can't pay my bills and I have to declare bankruptcy. Do you know how many seven figure business owners I know who are now in healthy financial situations that at some point declared bankruptcy, if that's actually your worst case scenario, the question becomes, can you survive that? Like, what does that mean about you? Like, if that's the worst of the worst, number one, it's probably not likely. Number two, it's not going to happen overnight. So you got plenty of time to course correct. And I think sometimes we just, it's like, well, I'm afraid of that. And it's like, but, but why? And what, like, have you named it? What does that mean? What does that look like? And I think we can, if we can let ourselves kind of go to rock bottom and realize we're not going to die with that worst case scenario, like, you know, that's again, that's where that grits made. And so it can kind of give us that permission that, or validation that we might be needing to be able to move forward. I think that's, that is awesome. I always tell people like when I agree, like with everything, Fear is nothing more than like unexplored. Like if you really name it, if you call call a devil by its name, it disappears. Yeah. And it's it is 100 percent true. If you write it out, you're like, I can overcome that. Cool. Let's go. Like that that gives you the freedom. So let's shift a little bit into like what you actually do to help right. women become free. Because it's yeah. we've spent a lot of time on your story to see how you got there. What do you actually do with the women that you work with? Someone asked me that question this weekend because it was actually a very different type of event. It wasn't an event for entrepreneurs. This was the first time I was asked to speak at an event that wasn't geared towards business owners. So I got to do kind of a whole new speech and a whole new whatever. And someone at one point was like, so wait, what do you do? And I was like, well, what I actually do is I help women believe in themselves, but no one wants to buy that. So I'll tell you what I sell them. What I sell women is the ability to start, grow, and scale a virtual business so that they can have more time and financial flexibility in their lives, and they don't have to choose between their family or their financial freedom. That's what I sell. What I actually do, if I can look at that, those 7,200 women who have been in my programs, I literally help plant those seeds so that they can believe in themselves. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to go do any of those other things that I said, you know, you're not going to take the risks. You're not going to, you know, create the time for yourself to change your health, your fitness, your spirituality, your relationships, and nothing else will happen if you don't think that you're actually worth those things happening, you know? And so, uh, it was interesting to be able to very, I've never said that, but I didn't hesitate in my answer at all. It was like very clear that that's what oh. I do. <laughs> but so what people buy is the business part. But you probably know this yourself is like, you've got to change your thought processes because if you had what you want, you'd already be thinking a certain way and you'd already have it, right? But you don't. And what really needs to change is your belief system and your thoughts, which will then in turn change your actions, which will then change your lifestyle. So it's this process, um, you know, the logistics in case that's what you really wanted to chew on right now. Um, I actually completely changed my business model this year because I've gone through some really big personal changes and, um, 
you know, integrity is really important to me. Alignment is really important to me. And so I used to sell courses and coaching programs. Um, and we actually turned everything that I've done over the last five and a half years into a membership. So I'm now a membership based business model. Um, and it's awesome. I love it. The energy feels so much different and so much better. Um, and then I do still have my mastermind for scaling female business owners as well. So we do lots of retreats, lots of getting out of the day-to-day. -day. I think for women, especially moms, just a blanket reality is that this is harder. It's harder for mom to leave her babies for work than dad. Again, as a blanket general statement, but in my experience, it's absolutely critical. We deserve it. We're worthy of it. Um, we have to get out of those daily routines and the interruptions and the, I need a snacks to really figure out what we want and then what it's going to look like to actually create that type of business. So um, integrating events into what I do has always been a really big priority for me. And it's kind of like a come full circle moment because I planned events in college. My very first side gig when I was a baby 23 year old after college was wedding planning. So like it's, it's one of those skills that I was able to really like fine tune early on. And now I get to integrate into my business in a really powerful way for my students. That's awesome. The, yeah. I mean, you're talking, I love events. I think events are one of the best things that you can do um, in your business. And I think it's really powerful for people to go to events because it's you're, you're going to have so much change. It's really, if we tie it back to what you were talking about with belief, like you, when you go to a live event, you are impacted in a way because you are out of your normal environment. You're in a place where you can have your belief structure altered. Even if it's just for those three days, that's like the spark that can usually be a catalyst for a bigger change because you're outside of your normal comfort zone, you're surrounded by different people. The energy is different. Like events just change everything. The, yeah, really. I want to talk about that. Cause if you're listening to this and you're like, just give us tactics, just give us tactics. Tell me what to do. Like the thing is we can give you all the tactics in the world. There are plenty of tactics out there. You can go to YouTube, you can read a book. Like there's, there's plenty of tactics, but if you don't have the belief that it will work for you and you believe that there is, this is like something that I figured out talking to people, people believe that there is a silver bullet tactic. I will find this tactic and it will fix everything for me. And it is the other way around. Any tactic will work. There's, I mean, there, I don't, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I don't do any social. I don't run ads. My business is scaled to multiple seven figures. Like it's possible that, but for some people, they run Facebook ads all day, or some people run YouTube ads all day. Some people do YouTube. Some people do public speaking. Like there is something like all of those tactics work, mm -hmm. but you have to have the belief mm -hmm. that they will work. And that leads to the grit and the determination to do the thing over and over and over to get the result. Um, yeah. So I mean, I can go, I can go real tough love Lauren and you guys don't even have to pay me for this. This is how I talk to my community, by the way. The reality is the only silver bullet, air quotes, whatever, the secret sauce to anybody's business. Cause again, I always joke in 2015, I think it was, I watched every webinar on the internet and I mean, all of them. And I kept thinking like the next webinar is going to have the thing that then I'll know the thing that then I'll be ready. No, do not spend a year of your life watching webinars in here in 2023. It's challenges. Stop, stop signing up for challenges. Stop it. Now, can you learn a few things? Yes. 
Is it a good use of your time? No, because like you said, the reality is the secret sauce is you. The secret sauce is figuring out what is most in alignment for me, for my strengths, for the lifestyle that I want to, to exploit my talents, right? I'm a talker, clearly. Like, guess what? My first, when I first started, I tried to do a blog. I hate writing. I hate it. A blank page to me is like torture. But if you give me a platform to use my voice, I will talk for days without preparation, right? So what's your thing? What's your medium? How do you converse? That's the thing that's going to work for you. They all work. They all work. Like he just said, they all work. So what's the thing? And then, and I had to do this on a coaching call today. How do I stay motivated? You're not always going to be motivated. Are you kidding me? You're going to find out someone in your family's sick. Your dog's going to have to go to the vet. Your kid's going to be annoying one day. You're going to wake up with back pain. Like no one's motivated all the time. It's how do you create good habituation in your life? How do you show up when you don't feel like doing it? How do you create consistent habits? Because it's what we call in my community, many, many wins. Many, M-A-N-Y, many, M. I and I many, many wins over time is what actually gets those, you know, air quote, million dollar days that people are talking about. It's not that one time, like secret sauce thing. It's that consistency showing up for yourself, doing it when you don't feel like it, not changing your mind with every Facebook ad you see is another thing. Like give yourself long enough to be successful. Stay with something long enough to be successful is another piece of advice. I mean, I could go, I got, you know, six well, years preaching, but those are the things I would want to, like, I want to, uh, through, through the podcast, I want to shake you and be like, just do it, but do it for you. What feels good to you and then do it and then do it again and then do it again and then do it when you don't feel like it and then do it again right. and then get better so and then quit judging yourself, you know? <laughs> So one of the things that I think women especially are good at, and you kind of touched on this, like you have kids, you have a husband, you have a job, like you have all these things that you're juggling, right? But you do it and you do it repeatedly, even when you don't feel like doing it. And this is something my sister and I talked about. And I was like, when are you going to do it for you? Like you, you like I've, my sisters all do it for their families all the time, right? They don't feel like showing up. They don't, they're sick. They don't feel good. They're tired. They didn't sleep. Their back hurts, all the things you just named, but they'll show up for their kids. They'll show up for their family. Mm -hmm. If you show up in business the same way, anyone who says, well, I want a business that like I'm magically motivated all the time. Like we were talking off camera beforehand, right? I've been on the road for three months straight throwing in podcasts in between. I'm home for a day or two. I'm running around like crazy. I've got 9,000 things going on. I got family members in the hospital, but I'm showing up here because one, I said that I was going to do it. And two, the thing that I think anyone who does, who is successful masters is you do it with a good attitude. Mm -hmm. You say, this is my business. I'm showing up. I'm going to be positive. I'm doing it because I want to do it. And if you can control your mental mindset, you're right. You're not always going to feel like doing it. There are days I don't feel like getting up and working out. You know what? I'm going to put a smile on my face. This is what I tell myself. I'm going to put a big smile on my face. I'm going to make it as fun as possible. Even if it's miserable, I'm going to smile because I'm going to push through. Mm -hmm. You just go and you do it. Yep. The, so you have, like, I want to talk a little bit about your free resource. I was trying to get it in earlier. And I think it's really cool. We were talking about it and it was, if you've read Rich Dad Poor Dad, you know about the cash flow quadrant. You actually redesigned the cash flow quadrant. You put it into a free mini course. It's three short videos. There are some worksheets in there. 
it's specifically for women. I don't know if you want to talk about that just a little bit, because I think it dovetails into what we're talking about, like having the belief absolutely does, and then having the first skill to like, go get on that, that upward spiral that we're building. Well, and more than that, what actually really makes me think about it is like the, the, the free video series is really about creating your freedom-based business model. Now for me, freelancing was the gateway to the free mama movement, right? Like you do, you have to have something to offer the world, but there's a really good chance you're a lot closer than maybe you think you are when you're listening to this. Like this isn't something like 10 years away. Like this could be this year that you are able to create this thing, depending on where you're at in your life. when you're listening to this for me within two years of quitting my job, I had a freedom-based business. So what do I mean by that? Well, when you think cash flow tactics, you know, there's employee, but then there's self-employed, then there's business owner, investor. What the Free Mama movement really does is take people from employee to self-employed. But where I really want to take women is that freedom-based business model. And the reason for that is because this is where we really get to detach our time from our money. Now, as a service provider, I don't recommend charging an hourly rate anyway. I think it should be value-based, you know, the return that you're getting for your client who's hiring you for that service. But how do we separate even more? And so the real connection is when you're talking about moms, I have built a, I've made multiple seven figures working part-time hours in integrity part-time out, not, this is an ad on the internet. Cause trust me, I've met those people and it's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. I'm not going to lie. They're telling you that you can have this, this life. And the reality is they're working 80 hours a week and killing their team. And I know this for a fact because I've been in masterminds with these people. You know, I work four to six hours a day, most days. And I've done that through this whole thing. And the way that I've been able to do that is with really, really strong intentionality. Like I knew where I was going. I knew what needed to happen um, with really laser focus and like sharp mindset work, you know, again, because if we go down the rabbit trail of I'm not good enough, or maybe I should switch things, that's not going to help us. Um, but also through growing a team through productizing so that my knowledge and, and, and the service I offer the world isn't something that's so attached to me fulfilling that service. And so that's where this video series is really going to help you go. So really, regardless of where you're at in your business, I think it's going to add a lot of value because it's going to show you what's possible, but it's also going to give you some of those crunchy details about what it looks like to go from one quadrant to the next, to really, you know, take control of your life. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but like, I'm not just being cheese. I'm I'm talking to you as someone who's getting ready to probably go on a year long RV trip with her family. We've spent the last three summers in RVs. You know, I'm, I am living what my dream lifestyle is. And I share that with you to hopefully give you hope that you can create that for yourself, but it starts with defining it and then having the courage to actually go after it and, and put the actions in place to have that domino effect. That's awesome. I mean, you just, you broke it down in farm in a better way than I ever could have. <laughs> if you guys want the resource, the link is in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, it is in the description. Um, we've kind of spent the whole show picking apart like false beliefs and things that are out there that are holding people back and kind of shedding lights on things. We talked about how it's not about tactics, it's about the mindset, um, which I always love. If you were sitting down with somebody and they were in the place where they're like, I just want to do this. Like, I want to leave my job. What is like one, like, what would you have them do? Where would you have them start? Like, what's one action that they can walk away from the show with 
that will serve them in helping change their mindset, set themselves free a little bit? Hmm. You know, I think it depends on whether or not this person started their business. If you haven't started your business, I would be walking around the world. And I mean that meaning the internet, your office place, your friends, your family, wherever that is for you with my eyes wide open, because there is opportunity everywhere. And so I would be walking around day in and day out with the lens of who has a problem I can solve. I have a checklist I can throw it into, or you can go to the freemommovement.com slash 70 skills. It's literally just a PDF with I think now it has over a hundred things that entrepreneurs are dying to get off their plate. I guarantee, guarantee, call me if I'm wrong or send me an email. I guarantee you know how to do at least 10 of them already. So that's really low hanging fruit. I teach something in my community called once needs haves. Sometimes we get so hung up on like, I want this thing that I love or like, you know, if the, the, you know, when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Like that's kind of like going from A to Z or like zero to a hundred. And maybe it happens for some people. And I'm sure there's a lot of people on the internet saying that it happened for them. But I think for most of us, it's that like one courageous step at a time. So the wants, you know, that's what you want to be doing. Then there's like what you have to be doing. And sometimes it's what you need to be doing. Like if you're in a toxic scenario right now at your job and you need to get out there because your mental health is suffering, what is the path of least resistance? What is the fastest path to cash? What's the service that you can provide to get going? Is it maybe your dream business? Maybe not. But is it one step closer to it? Hell yes, it is. And we build on that and we build on it and we build and you get to evolve. But it's taking that first courageous step, knowing that it's probably not going to look like your finish line and then being okay with it and having the courage to keep going. Well, I think that goes back to the perfectionistic thing, right? Like just because you're doing this one thing right now does not mean that's what you're going to do forever. Um, I know like the we've all gone through iterations and like change, but that's part of the journey. And I think it's what stops people. They get the paralysis by analysis and they're like, I don't I have to love it. And it's like, do you yeah. love your job? No, you hate your job. So if we get you one step, one step up the ladder, like you, it's an improvement. And then we can figure that out and we can figure mm -hmm. that out. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, especially to my women, because I know how we love to beat ourselves up. If you are feeling that way, I want you to know that that's not your fault. Like in this social media world and just like the society that we kind of live in and the pressures, like you're seeing people's finished product. And so I have always tried to let lead with transparency. Like I post pictures of myself crying. I rarely wear makeup. Like I try, I actively like consciously try to be a light in all of that noise that maybe makes you feel not ready or not good enough, or like it's not right because we do have a lot of people that are glorifying that finish line. And so I just want you to know, if you do feel that way, don't beat yourself up. It's not your fault because you're getting a lot of those messages, but it's not real. And so I think part of the practice is learning to discern, you know, of what I'm seeing, like what's real, who is real, who can I trust? What are those messages? Because life is hard enough. You don't need people making you feel bad about yourself when you are amazing and you are capable of doing amazing things. So I agree. And I want to add, I want to give you the chance to like really shine a light on something that you see as a lie that a lot of people are telling. Like I left social media because it was so full of BS all the time. I don't, 
I don't really stand by that at all. I'm all about authenticity. Like what you see is what you get. Um, but what is one thing that you would like to shine a light on? You kind of just did it with like telling yeah. women, like they don't have to believe the lie that is being told. What's one thing that you just see and like, you're just, you just shake your head at and you really want to dispel. Oh, I can't pick just one. So I'll talk really fast. There's three and we covered two of them a little bit, I think while we were recording on this episode, but one is the time claims, you know, I did this thing in a week or what, like, no, there's so much background that goes into it. You know, it's easy to look at me. I, you know, I could easily say that I, you know, got my two comma club award in less than 18 months working part-time hours. And it's not wrong, except that I was freelancing for two years before that. And before that, like I was gathering data on what it was like to be my avatar because I was her. Like how much of that really went into that all working out and taking shape so that during that 18 months of four hour days, I could achieve that goal. You know, is it still impressive? Yes. Am I proud of myself? Yes. Am I successful? Yes. But do it, does it do other people a disservice to, to only communicate that outside of context in the best case scenario? No, I think it actually does a lot of harm. Um, same with financial claims, which is number two, you know, whenever I see that I made a million dollars, um, you know, in a weekend at my event, it's like, well, is that totally true? Because from my experience, I know that that's not cash collected. I know a lot of those people are going to fall off and you will never see that million dollars in revenue. Um, I know a lot of it's payment plans. I know, you know what I mean? There's just, there's all the inflation around it. Now as a marketer, do I understand it? Yes. Do I think that it can be a dangerous thing that's used? Yes, I do. Um, and I just think that the average consumer who maybe doesn't know deserves to know the whole context, because again, does it take away from your accomplishments? It totally does not like, yes, that is still wonderful and amazing. And what if we were amazing and wonderful and in integrity? I just wonder what that might look like. Um, gosh, I know I had a third one. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, okay. The thing that's killing me right now, this is what's killing me right now. Me personally is the intentional controversial post that is literally only being posted. I'm going to say a name and I want you to just give me one word. You know who I'm going to say? I have two names in mind, but they're not the only people. We'll just, doing we'll just say canceled. Yes. Yeah. That drove me nuts. Um, that actually happened during my event. So I spent my event with my humans, with a part of my brain preoccupied about my friend that I later found out it was a lie. And I found that extremely upsetting and slightly ironic because actually the post that it was a lie came out while I was on stage in front of my humans giving a talk about integrity and marketing. So I found that a little ironic. I want you to know that if you're listening, you don't have to play those games. You don't have to play those games to win. You don't have to intentionally manipulate or lie or be controversial purely for the sake of engagement. And more than that, I'm going to be so bold to guess that especially among women, that that stuff is going to um, really have some negative consequences in the next two to five years. I think that women are really fed up with it. I think we're sick of it. Um, and I think that there are going to be enough people like myself and hopefully some of my students that I'm guiding that people are just going to be able to see through the crap. It's kind of the same way the webinar has evolved, you know, like back in the day, it was like the webinar was a little bit of a bait and switch. And now I feel like the average consumers really, they're savvy. They know there's an offer on those things. And so when we can talk about it at the beginning and 
and say, you know what? I'm going to pour into you for the next 60 minutes. You can even ask me questions at the end. And also I'm going to invite you to this new thing that I created that I think is going to really serve you. I literally just did that on a pitch three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I had a 43% conversion rate on a webinar. I mean, it was great. And I told them at the beginning, I'm going to offer you something. And so I think people, we want more transparency. We want integrity because we want that out of ourselves. And so we're not going to not accept it from other people. And I think, yeah, that's what I'm seeing and it's driving me nuts. Um, but it's also giving me something to talk about where I get to be completely in alignment with who I am and serving my people at what I believe to be the highest capacity. So I can find gratitude in that, but I do think that it's unfortunate for the people who just aren't savvy consumers yet. I'll get there. Um, man, the, the authenticity thing, I think more and more so is you can't, you can't fake it. The webinar piece. I agree. Like I always start mine with, we are going to be making an offer just so you know, I don't want it to be. And like people appreciate it. People appreciate when they feel like they are being straight, like you're being straightforward. And I think, I think the stunts, like we saw, I, I can't imagine it might create some controversy and get eyes on you, but like, I don't want to be Donald Trump. So yeah, it's, it's know. a trust thing, you know? And at the end of the day, like, I, I think we said at the very beginning, like you're stuck with you, like you're stuck with yourself for the rest of your life. And I, I am proud of myself. I am successful. I am a good person. And what's really interesting is I couldn't have said any of those things about myself, even just like two years ago. Um, it really took being surrounded by other people that, um, I felt really out of alignment with to learn those lessons and it was painful and it was expensive too. That'll be another episode, but, um, (laughs) I like myself. And so I like, yeah, I like it's an, and as someone with a company called the free mama, I've also learned that it is the ultimate freedom, you know, time freedom's great. Financial freedom's wonderful, but when you are free to truly just be yourself and you're not worried about being anybody else or impressing anybody. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on and being real and sharing. I appreciate it. I know my listeners appreciate it. Again, the free resource, which is amazing. It's not just a PDF. It's a video series down below in the show notes. Make sure you guys check that out. Lauren, if they want to learn more about you, where should they go? Yeah, I the place I still hang out. I'm old. Sorry. It's a Facebook group. <laughs> I don't know if those are still cool. I hear the young kids are on TikTok. <laughs> anyway, it's my Facebook group. I'm in there every single day hanging out, answering questions. It's the best place to connect. It's called the Free Mama Movement. Of course, you can find me on most social media platforms. And that resource is the freemamamovement.com slash freedom dash business. If you are listening to this and want to plug that into your URL, we'd love to um, hopefully teach you a few things. Awesome. Lauren, thank you for coming on and sharing to everybody else out there. Until next time, take action, change lives, make money, grab the free resource, and we will see you soon. I got to hit the button. (laughs) Are you looking to scale your business, but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need to build your business through stories. These stories work, whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking, there are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.